ready. Just kidding. What's the weather like up there in uh, Michigan? It's 39 degrees. Wow. But no I'm snow? Pretty, no snow, not yet. What about you, Kristen? It's pretty chilly. It's not quite Michigan, but it's a little chilly, um, especially in the mornings and evenings. It was cold tonight, so I think we're potentially supposed to have flurries tomorrow. Nice. What about you, Micah? I think we're still in the mid-70s. Oh, my goodness. Really? It gets, it gets cool, but uh, we don't get very many cold days in Oklahoma. That's just nice. not right. Not fair. Hey, Jacob, I do have a Bible study related question. Yeah. After I uh, give out this phone number for comments, um, do I just say I'm going to turn it back over to you at that point, or you want me to turn? Or what do you want me to do after that? And he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> We're still with you, Micah. You know, Jacob has like the bulk of the Bible study, right? <laughs> oh, he's back. No, he's gone. You can take over, Micah. I believe in you. Let me uh, go pull a book off the shelf. I'll just read. <laughs> hey, guys, for some reason I missed that. What just happened? You just went off for a few minutes or about a few seconds. Okay. So you were asking about yeah, after I give out the number, if you want me to just uh, turn it back over to you, or what do you want me to do? After? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. That works. And I felt like I talked a lot last time, so I can talk like a little this time, since we have other guests on the call. Yeah, I thought we'd probably try to give 90%. I don't agree with that. You're not supposed to say yeah. I thought we'd try to give 90% of the time to Kristen. And uh, that was a joke, bad joke. Sorry. Well, I was just terrified, so I didn't know how to respond. <laughs> and I was on, I was on mute. Nobody heard me. I said that's a good idea. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was balanced last time. I mean. I think we're, I think we're growing. So praise God. Well, How did Micah and, and uh, Kristen? How did your conference call go last night for Hyphen? It went really good. Fantastic. For the, yeah, Brother Johnson cast a great vision, and it was exciting. That's awesome. Our so new administrator is uh, Sarah Holland, and so when you put Christian Keller. And Sarah Holland together with like their direction of Matt Johnson, it's like the the Super League.
Justice League of superheroes. Just. It's powerful. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You guys are laughing, but I'm very serious. Awesome. I'm glad Sarah's on board. She's amazing. Well, Matthew Johnson is a good guy. He's um, absolutely. He's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess let's go ahead and start whenever you're ready, Micah. Okay. Ready to go? Sure. That didn't sound too uh, too uh, too much confidence there. Yes, Lord. <laughs> there you go. That's much better. I believe in you. In, in the words of Brother Barry, glory to God. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I'm sorry. I think I'm ready for this call, though. Maybe just not that. Yeah. If I need to, I can. We can do this all in Lee Stone King. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to beg, but that would be pretty incredible. Be like, I want all of you beautiful ministers to know something. All of you beautiful people. Anyway, anyway, forget it. <laughs> so am I ready now? I don't know how to follow that up. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Take it away. All right. Uh, well, we want to welcome everybody here. Uh, to this ministry uh, mentorship Bible study. Um, let me just introduce who's with us tonight. Um, my name is Michael Wisdom. I pastor in Wagner, Oklahoma. We also have Angela Harwood. She is youth pastor in Paul Paul, Michigan. And we have Jacob Tapia. He is assistant pastor in Belleville, Illinois. And then our special guest tonight is Kristen Keller. She is the national director for Hyphen, which is the young adult ministry of the UPCI. And then she also helps out and does a lot of uh, ministry-related activities at our home church in Lancaster, Ohio. And uh, right now, we're just going to start this Bible study out by having a word of prayer. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we're so thankful for all of those that have devoted their time and their talent and their energy and their effort toward this cause. We pray that this Bible study would help those that are watching live and also those that would watch it later. Lord, that something would be said through your word uh, to help people in ministry. Lord, it is your will and your desire that people find a call to their ministry and fulfill that call. And we pray that you can use us in that way. Amen. Also, we want to uh, quickly say, if you have a question or a comment, you can text it in. And I'm going to give that text number, and I'll give it a couple times. Uh, the number is 720 Three, one. And I'll give that one more time. It's 720 is the area code, 924-2531. Like I said, you can text in your comments or questions. And right now I'm going to turn it over to Jacob, and he's going to lead us in the Bible study. Thank you, Micah. Oh, and thank you to everybody that's joining us today. Uh, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the highs and lows of ministry. And... Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18 is talking about Elijah and Elisha. And, and you read this, this passage in 1 Kings 18, if you read the chapter, you'll, 
read about one of the greatest victories that somebody could ever experience. I mean, you've got a contest between Baal and uh, the Lord Jehovah to see who's the true God. So Elijah prays, you know, and, and this fireball comes and consumes the altar, consumes the sacrifice, and then he gets up and he, he kills hundreds of prophets. Then he prophesies that rain is coming. Uh, the Bible says the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he, so he runs past Ahab's chariot that's, that's driving full force to escape the rain. I mean, this guy is on fire. This guy is, is having revival. Uh, so to speak. And, and then you find the very next chapter, 1 Kings 19 and verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sends a messenger to, to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he sees this, this is Elijah, he rose he goes for his life, and he comes to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and he leaves his servant there. In verse 4 of 1 Kings 19, it says, but he, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die, and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And later we, we read how Elijah goes into a cave and there God meets with him. And we've heard about that still small voice. And, but Elijah uh, later on shares his belief that he's the only one that is serving God. Now that sounds pretty low. That sounds uh, pretty, pretty discouraging. And I've had those kind of experiences. And I'm sure our other uh, Bible study participants can, can attest to that. You know, you have the Sunday night services, you dance and you shout, and you're, you're kicking uh, holes in the sheetrock. I mean, you're spitting on people. You know, you, you preach your heart out. You're praying for people in the altars. People are receiving the Spirit, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, and you just feel drained. You go out to eat with friends. You're laughing. You're having a great time. And then the, the brick wall of Monday morning hits. And you go back to reality, you go back to, to your job, your family, the problems that were there before, relationships, temptation, all these other things. And so we have these experiences of going from high to low. And I, I wonder if we could just, and maybe Angela, we could start with you. Describe an experience going from, from high to low. Angela, are you there? Yes, I am. I, I guess in my life I've had certain times where there has been very high highs and very low lows. And a scripture that God gave me is um, he will bring every mountain and hill low and he'll exalt every valley. He'll make the rough places plain and the crooked path straight. And in those times of insecurity and in those low points in my life, I've just really had to turn to God. And, and one of your points is going to be isolation. And it is very true. When I feel sorry for myself, I just kind of want to go home and I want to just lock myself in my house and I just want to pretend um, that I'm not going to be used of God anymore just because the odds 
seem against me. It seems like I don't have the talent or the ability or the resources to do what God is telling me to do. And so I tend to look at how big that obstacle is. And when I do that, that's when I just have to realize that God is so big and he's so merciful. And I just have to realize that he's with me in those low points. Um, I just came back from Greece and I had some very high highs and I had some very low lows, but everyone that I talked to, they wanted to hear about all of the highs. They wanted to hear the high points. No one wanted to hear about the low points. And I was very uh, eager to tell them the things that I learned in my low points. I had never experienced God in that way before. And I was almost very, very grateful that I felt such a depth of loneliness because I felt God's protection and his love in a way that I had never done it before. So I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're in a low point right now, just, uh, just know that God is right there by your side and that through it, it's just a connecting point to something greater. And he will open the doors for you in his season and his timing. Amen. Amen. Kristen, talk to us about that. What, how, talk about these low points and how, how that's affected your life at times. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one thing that really connected to me with this passage is in verse 4 when he went a day's journey into the wilderness. And um, I'm very familiar with the wilderness place in my life. And a wilderness is described in the Bible as, you know, a howling place, a desolate place, it's a dry place. doesn't sound um, too exciting, but what happens in those experiences and those lows and those times that we feel isolated and alone in that place is so special. Um, I, I, a couple things briefly about the wilderness. I know one time I was just kind of angry at God um, that I had been in that wilderness place longer than I would have ever wanted to stay and I remember him just speaking to my heart and saying why are you so frustrated at alone time with me and I realized that the the wilderness place is for such a special purpose and typically it's a lot longer um, than we would ever want but there's there's a point to it if you look in Hosea uh, the scripture 2 14 and 15 he talks about I'll lure her to the wilderness and there I'll speak to her and her, um, the valley of Acor shall be a door of hope and that's the the valley of weeping becomes that door of hope and there are things that happen in the wilderness time um, that are necessary especially when it comes to ministry and living for God it's it's where that relationship is honed out and it's where that relationship with God becomes deep uh, but it's a very painful time. It's it's those dry places in life. But to become what we're destined to, to be, I believe, is a necessary journey for all of us. Amen. Amen. Micah, talk to us about that uh, that highs and lows from from more of a pastor perspective. I mean, how how do you see that happening? Yeah, um, as a pastor, you know, it's uh, you have to be careful that you don't live and die by Sundays either attendance, response, finances, you know, you can get, if it's a great, you know, the pace, place is packed out, the offering plates are full, you, you leave feeling good about yourself, uh, well, vice versa, the other way happens, you don't feel good about yourself. The one thing that I have learned is no matter whether it's a high or a low, it's, it's temporary. Uh, you know, you're not going to be on the mountaintop forever, and you're not going to be in the valley forever. It's a process of, of mountains and valleys 
And Brother Ken Gurley has a new book out called The Point of the Low Points. And I think that really is what Angela and, and you and Kristen were talking about. When you're in a low point, don't despise it or become disgruntled, but ask, what's the point of this low point? And I have to remind myself, don't get, don't get too high on the mountaintop and don't get too low in the valley because they're both temporary places. Uh, we're not called to, to live on a mountaintop or live in a valley, but there's um, advantages and there's things the Lord wants to teach us in both of those places. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and real quick, I just want to remind um, our, our viewers tonight that if you have a question or a comment, you can text that to 7 924 Again, that's 720-924. Let's talk for a little bit about no uh, talk about that for a minute. You know, Elijah Elijah goes to Beersheba and he leaves his servant there, and you know he's he's going off into the wilderness. Let's talk. How do we isolate ourselves in ministry? Kristen, why don't you start us off? How do we isolate ourselves? Yes. Well, there's a positive and a negative isolation. Is there one you want me to, to speak to yeah, particularly? Let's, or? let's talk let's talk about the negative the negative ways that we isolate, like pulling away or not uh, connecting with people when we really should be. Yeah, I can speak to that. Um I think sometimes when we have our wilderness experience and we go through those difficult times, uh, sometimes we can become maybe embarrassed or frustrated at how we're handling the situation and we would rather um, disconnect from accountability because we don't want to even share that we're struggling or, or not bring people. The illustration I used, I, I had a situation where I felt like I was in the boxing ring fighting, but I didn't want anybody to be in my corner because I didn't want them to know I was in that low time in my life, and I wanted everybody to think I was, you know, just hanging out like Micah said on the the mountaintop, which was unrealistic. And um, it was I was ineffective in the fight, and I could not fight as as well as I could when I finally said, you know what, I need to bring some people in on this situation to pray and help me navigate it. And at that moment, it was like I was in the boxing ring and those people were in the corner. And when I needed a, a drink of water or a towel or someone to say, keep going, I, I brought those people in. And um, isolation is typically not healthy. There are times that you need to disconnect and isolate yourself from certain groups, which we can talk about later. Um, or I'm sure that makes sense. But an unhealthy isolation is when you just disconnect from accountability um, and that's that's never good. You need to have people in your corner to pray for you, help you with decisions, and that sort of thing. Awesome. You know, another thing I, I notice about this passage where Elisha or Elijah goes into the into the desert is he he be, he, he loses his movement. He sits down by a tree. Uh, he's stalled, you know, and he just kind of sits there in his depression, and it's almost like he's paralyzed. You know, and and you know, the Bible does teach us to to wait on the Lord, you know, to be still and know that I am God. But I think in this particular sense, uh, it's that that depression, that that sitting there after he's been moving and going and conquering, 
and all of a sudden he's got this bad news, and so he just shuts down. And uh, how, how do we become paralyzed during low times? Micah, why don't you help us with that? Yeah, I think there's several ways. I think, um, not my camera over, uh, we can, um, well, when I use the illustration of the valley, the only way you get out of the valley is you keep walking. And eventually it'll turn upward and turn back into a, a hill that you can climb out of. And one thing that we can do is we can get disgruntled in ministry. We can stop praying. We can stop studying. We can feel like we want to, um, like Angela was saying, I'm not maybe talented enough or I'm not good enough. We want to throw in the towel. And, and really, I think a way to combat these the low points is just keep doing what you have been doing. Just keep praying. Keep studying. Keep uh, preparing sermons. If you have an opportunity to speak uh, ministry related, keep doing those things, and eventually you'll work yourself through this low time. And you know, unless the Lord is just telling you to wait, you know, go in your closet and pray. Really, you should just keep doing what the Lord's called you to do. And um, I think all this coming through the low point, you'll eventually come out of it. Amen. Amen. You know, um, another attitude that I see in in Elijah's this whole, you know, let me die. He's discouraged. He's hopeless. Uh, so you know, you've got this isolation. You've got lack of movement, and then you've got an attitude or, or his spiritual, you know, context where, you know, he's had he's been doing all these things, and yet now he's dealing with this this attitude of hopelessness. You know, let me die. I just want to die. I want to end it all. And I, I remember a particular low point uh, when I was in, in college at Bible school. And, uh, you know, I was, I was working full time. I was doing ministry stuff. I was a dorm supervisor. And I had all this pressure and plus dealing with personal issues in my life. You know, and I, and I, I was getting to that point where I was like, is there any, am I ever going to get out of this? Kind of like what you're talking about, Mike, and, and wondering, looking ahead, and maybe not seeing, you know, any mountaintops in view, and and feeling like this is it. You know, I might as well just throw in the towel. It's never going to get better. And uh, talk a little bit about that, Angela. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? That kind of an attitude. Yeah, I have felt that several times in my life. And it's oftentimes when I'm about to go to the next level in the Lord or in ministry, and it's God testing me, and also I believe that the enemy knows the potential that we all have, so he just wants to try to wreck us as much as he possibly can. However, the times when I've got a very, very frustrated is in the waiting room. And being in a waiting room waiting for an answer and not knowing why God is bringing you through this valley and when you're going to come out, it's like after you come through a storm, you go into another storm. It's, there's no release or, or, um, or like escape from your troubles. So in the waiting room, I find when you feel like you're a blind person, you don't know where you're going and what the next step is, it just comes down to trusting in God. And um, and a lot of times 
I used to work at a gym and a lot of people would get really, really frustrated with themselves because they looked at how far they still had to go. And I would say, but look at how you've, far you've come already. And that was really encouraging to them because a lot of them worked so hard. And, and yes, like they had a long way to go to their goals, but we have to look at how far God has brought us and, and the victories that he's already um, like helped us defeat like the enemy and everything. So um, waiting on God, and that's been some of my struggles, is just wanting an answer right away and not understanding uh, the purpose in certain things that God has allowed in my life. But when the Bible says to wait, it means to entwine yourself or to link or to tether yourself with God. It doesn't mean to just wait and just give up and do absolutely nothing. It means when you wait on God, you entwine yourself in ministry. You entwine yourself in the things of God and with other people. And in those low points in my life, I feel like when I've helped somebody else, that's really helped lift me up and kind of get myself um, not thinking about my own problems and, and trials. Amen. You know, you know, sometimes uh, the the highs and lows can really mess us up if we're not careful. But I think as Christians, we shouldn't base our walk with God, you know, on those public victories, because you can't you can't live on the mountaintops. You have to go through every aspect of life. So. Uh, this is a thought that I had as I was preparing for this, that the daily private victories are what matter the most. It's not necessarily the, the, the pinnacle of our experience, the high points, but it's, it's that everyday walking with God. So let's look a little bit at, at God's plan for us during the low times. In, in 1 Kings 19 and 7, moving along here, it says, The angel of the Lord came and touched him. So now God is beginning to interact with him, he says, "Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you." So it's like he's saying, "Get up, get up from where you are." And, and I think, you know, one of the, one of the aspects of, you know, God working in our lives is helping us shake, shake off, and kind of break out of that mold, that mentality, some movement. And and so I think one of the things that that helps us to get moving again is just just doing something go to the store drive around town go to the church uh, sometimes uh, uh, before a difficult uh, service or after a difficult service I'll turn on some music and uh, I'll just turn on some really fast upbeat gospel cranking music to just kind of break me out of that uh, that mindset or whatever just kind of get me going so Talk about, I mean, can, can any of you guys relate to that? Is there ever a time when you just had to just just do something, just to break out of that? I think one important uh, thing that you can do is you can always reach out to others. You know, sometimes when we're in a low point or in a valley, you know, it almost can turn into a pity party. We're feeling bad for ourselves. You know, we get this Elijah syndrome where we're, you know, it's better for me to die. I'm the only one serving God. No one feels the way that I feel. And really, if you can just be a little unselfish and take your eyes off yourself and help other people, uh, I've found that that's really encouraging to me uh, because really that is at the 
end of the day, that is really the um, the point of ministry is to help others, to serve others. And sometimes if we just quit get out of our pity party and help others, I found that that's helped a lot. I think um, some of the best advice I ever heard was on a panel that was done. It um, was a, a panel for PKs, and the question had come in, you know, what do we do during those times of waiting? And uh, the panel member answered, and he said, just do the obvious. And I wish I would have had that information years ago, but what what is the obvious? Well, it's obvious to to teach a Bible study. It's obvious to be nice to someone. It's obvious to stay connected. It's obvious to go to church. It's obvious to, you know, be nice on Facebook. Like There's so many things that are so obvious, and if you just keep implementing those instead of just sitting and waiting, you know, that time that, that God's going to be able to use what you're doing and, and being involved and, and staying connected, um, just do the obvious, and before long, what, you're dream, what you dreamed of all along is going to show up, and um, so that was some really cool advice I wish I had had years ago, but. Angela, any thoughts on that? The only thing that comes to my mind is um, just this quote that I heard, and it just says it's God talking, but you have great strength in you because of the great strength in me. And I guess um, what Michael was saying, when you are in a low point and when you feel really weak, um, like last year there was a time where I was just so broken and I just I just wanted to lock myself in a room with God and just cry to Him. And God said, He just spoke to me in prayer one day and He said, like, use your brokenness when you're ministering at youth this week because those kids are broken. And I went in with that mentality, like that my brokenness through God mending me can help mend them. And we had such an amazing move of God. And I, instead of just like having sympathy for people, I feel like when you are going through something, that it's not just in vain, that God has a plan and a purpose in that. And you will meet someone who you can just minister to, that when you pray for them, it will be, you will have authority behind that prayer. When God delivers you from something, you can pray with that person that is bound with that particular thing, and you can have authority praying over that person. So if you've been through the waiting room or if you felt isolated, it's those times when you can get around someone and just encourage them and let them know that they are not alone, that you're right there with them, um, that you are connected with them, and that that God has never left them or forsaken them as well. Amen. You know, and I think some of this is similar to the next part of what happened in Elijah's life where uh, in 1 Kings 9:15, the Lord says to him, Go, return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. So God is actually sending him back where he came from, but with a renewed sense of purpose, kind of like what Angela is just talking about, where he sends him back to to minister to others, and and I think that's a that's a big part of this as well. That you know God will allow us to walk through the valleys. He'll allow us to walk through those low times, so that we can encourage others and minister to others, uh, and and it also helps us to come out of that. Kind of Micah was talking about 
ministering to somebody else and how that can kind of jar you out of the self-pity and saying, you know, this is all about me, because really that was his whole thing, was, was I'm the only one. I'm, I've done all this, and sometimes it's hard to see that, no, it's not you, it's God. And then in uh, 1 Kings 19.18, he says, the Lord speaks to him and says, yet I have left, uh, I have 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. And so I think the, the final part of this is gaining that perspective. You know, and, and the, the truth of the matter is, whether Elijah is, is out killing you know, hundreds of prophets of Baal, or whether he's uh, in a cave somewhere, God is still God, and he's not alone. God's still on the throne. And, and so sometimes I think when we, when we really sit down and think about it and, and pray about it, you know, connect with us, we, we really get a different perspective that God is still on the throne. So how do we, how do we regain that perspective in low times? Micah, why don't, why don't you help us there? Well, I think Elijah gives us a wonderful example where he's having a conversation with the Lord. And that's probably where we should start. Uh, we should start in prayer. Um, you know, we kind of give our elders a hard time. They um, go into the altar, fix everything from a, a bad spirit to a broken arm, and, you know, just get to the altar. It's like, well, I think I need to go to the doctor. No, you need to get to the altar. And uh, But there's some truth in that. There, uh, You know, just pray back through was the, the answer for everything. But I'm telling you what, if, if you are going through a low point, getting to an altar and having what we would call praying back through or having an encounter with the Lord, getting renewed in the spirit, that, that can that can give clarity to any situation. I have gone through uh, low points in my life, difficult times, had to go through some valleys, and spent time in prayer, spent time at an altar, prayed back through, uh, got a hold of God, and I just, you know, I maybe still was in the low point or still in the valley, but my perspective changed, and I could see all of a sudden, you know what, like the psalmist, um, yeah, I'm going to have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but I'm going to fear no evil because the Lord is with me. So I think one of the things that's helped me is reading the Bible, praying, getting a, a spot on the altar reserved, and just allowing the Lord to change me, not necessarily change my circumstances, but change me. Absolutely, absolutely. Kristen, talk to us a little bit about that. How do we get that proper perspective? Well, I think the the word that came to mind when you were uh, talking about it is the word trust. And um, I'm going to read a scripture here. It's one that, that just kind of helped me. This is after uh, Jacob, uh, when he had the dream and the Lord told him, um, the ground you're lying on belongs to you. Um, he gave him a promise. And th at the end of that promise, he says, What's more, I am with you and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. And for me, during those low times of the valley and those, those dry times, the, the isolation, I trust that God has given me a promise and that he hasn't left me. And what I don't want to happen, I, I can promise you, if you're in a wilderness experience, it's probably not going to be two weeks. That would be awesome. But for me, it was years of this molding and shaping, and, and there's still moments where I feel like, okay, God's still working, but I don't want to look back from the time a promise has been given, and I have that altar experience, 
to the time that it has yet to come forth and all I see is bitterness and anger and uh, unhealthy isolation and just frustration with God because he didn't do everything in my timeline. So I, the key word is trusting that God still knows where you are. He's still walking with you. Even if you can't feel him, you've got to trust his heart. And that he says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to protect you. Because I want that moment when God finally reveals, okay, this is my destiny. This is my purpose. And I look back at all those years of preparation. Sure, I've had some times I was frustrated and angry, maybe a little bit bitter. But I didn't allow that to consume me to the point that all I see those years of preparation is bitterness and anger and frustration so just trusting that God's with you and he will bring his promises to pass but it'll be in his time and not ours awesome Angela any any thoughts on that um, something that came to mind was when God gave Abraham and Sarah a promise that they would have a son in their old age and they they probably waited for a while, but then they took matters into their own hands, and he um, had a relationship with Hagar. But I believe that if Abraham could come back to us and teach a seminar or a general conference, that he would just weep before us and say, wait on the promise of God. Trust in his timing. Don't birth an Ishmael in your life. And I feel like when we get very frustrated with not knowing God's answers and his timing, that, that we start doing things our way and the way that we think it should go. And we birth Ishmael's in our life. So just like Kristen was talking, just to wait. Like, I don't want to look back on my low times or in the valleys where God is trying to teach me a valuable lesson and see a bunch of bitterness there. I want to... I want to see that I really, truly, deep down inside, trust the Lord. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're in a low point, if God's promised you something and you haven't seen the result of that promise yet and you haven't come into that time yet, just keep waiting on Him. He is, I mean, in control of everything. And don't birth an Ishmael in your life. Awesome. You know, I, I think for me, you know, one of the... One of the, uh, I can get to a point where I get so frustrated, you know, and a lot of times it's, it's because I'm not really praying like I need to and seeking the Lord. And when I do, you know, sometimes releasing that, uh, the tears, the, the frustration, the anger, you know, God, what's going on? Why, you know, and I, he kind of, the Lord kind of lets me go through my deal. You know, my, uh, you know, I just, this is terrible. And, you know, don't you know what's going on here? And, and then it's like, you know, then he'll begin to speak to me. And, and sometimes I think that you know, in God's grace and his love, um, he lets us squirm a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I think he's, he's gracious and merciful, and he knows what we need. He knows what we need. I wonder, I, Micah. You know, we we've been going through this lesson. I wonder, have you gotten any uh, any questions that you'd want to share uh, that relate to the to the session we're talking about? Yeah, we had um, some that were sent in. One of them, uh, they ask, are some low points a test of submission? And I I certainly 
you know, the Lord has never had to drag me kicking and screaming to blessings and to an abundance of good things, uh, but he's had to drag me a few times to some low points. And to be a true follower of Christ, that means I follow him everywhere, and uh, mountaintops, valleys, everywhere. And so it certainly is, a, I think someone had mentioned earlier, trust and uh, certainly submission. Someone else wants to speak on that? Well, I think, I think, you know, being in ministry, I think sometimes, you know, a lot of us, we're not really, how do I say this? I think that submission is a huge part of our, our test and our walk with God. Uh, I think that sometimes when we're trying to submit and trying to follow the leading of the Spirit and do what God wants us to do, sometimes when we're in situations that we may not like, whether we might feel like uh, we're being mistreated or we might feel like, you know, this is not what, what God wants for my life and, and I don't understand. Uh, and what I've found is that if I if I surrender and just say God you know help me help me to, to do what I know that I need to do I know that I need to have a good spirit I know I need to have a right attitude and I'm really struggling with this I feel like I'm I'm, I'm constantly you know just down or I can't get to where I need to be I think that God will give us the strength to walk through that low point uh, and come through, uh, you know, by His love, by His grace. Absolutely, uh, Angela. Here's here's a question uh, that was sent in. I'll I'll get you and then uh, after you, Christian, to answer this. The question was: When I get down or go through a low point, I often suffer in other areas of my life that are not spiritual. How do you keep mental, mentally healthy and physically healthy? during the low points? Well, I think guys are really good at doing this a lot better than women are. Um, I was reading this book and women have like one room and we bring everything with us where men have separate rooms and if they go to work they focus on work and if they go to school they focus on school and if they go to church they focus on church. So in my life when I have something that I'm dealing with or um, I know that one of my young people is dealing with something or there's something going on at work, I, I'm trying right now to just deal with that at that moment and in that place and not take it with me wherever I go and the next place I go I try to focus on those things. So that's just something in my life that I'm working on right now. Um, so when I'm at church, I focus on church things. When I'm at youth, I focus on youth things. And at the moment, that's really actually helping me out a lot because it's life. Life is busy, and um, and there's a lot going on. So, Kristen? <laughs> yeah. Micah, can you ask the question again? Yeah. Um, he asked that basically when he gets down or gets in a low point, uh, he finds out that he suffers in other areas of his life that are not spiritual. 
such mm -hmm. as mental and physical. And so how do you keep mental, mentally healthy and physically healthy even during a low point? I think that's where um, accountability comes into play. I know uh, sometimes when you go through those low points, you'll uh, turn to everything that's, that's unhealthy. It could be unhealthy relationships, unhealthy uh, physical eating habits, whatever it might be. Um, but when you keep that accountability in your life and you have that person or a group of friends that you can discuss issues and, and talk things out, it's a lot, typically it's a lot better than internalizing it and just allowing it to eat away at you and begin affecting other areas of, of your life. And, um, you know, it's never too late to get back up and, and start again. And if you keep tripping, you keep starting. But, but pulling that accountability in, again, it's a lot easier to be in the boxing ring and fighting with whatever uh, you're dealing with with that, that, those people in your corner to help you when you need a break and you need a refuge and you need a moment to just breathe as opposed to reaching unhealthy options uh, during those times you need a refreshing. Sure. And, and the reality is that low points can weaken you spiritually, mentally, and physically. So, Jacob, any final words before we ask Kristen to dismiss us in prayer? No, I, I, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Kristen, would you mind dismissing us in prayer tonight? Yes. Jesus, thank you so much for your many blessings, Lord, for the opportunity to share your word together, Lord, and discuss these issues that are so pertinent to what we go through, Lord, during the wilderness times and um, seeking out our ministry and our calling in life. Sometimes we get uh, this feeling of isolation and loneliness, Lord, and sometimes we want to give up. And it's just during that time that we're waiting on your promises to come to pass. Help us not to be weary in well-doing, but to trust you in all things and to know that you gave us a promise, Lord, that you would never leave us nor forsake us and you would always be with us. God, help us to trust that. Help us to reach out for healthy uh, relationships and for accountability to keep us on the right path. Help us to just do the obvious, Lord. If we're going through a tough time, uh, maybe teach a Bible. Bible study or invite someone to church or maintain healthy habits that keep a relationship with you strong, reading the Word of God and praying and, and living our lives for you, Lord. I pray for everyone that was a part of this Bible study tonight that you would just help these words be an encouragement and be a launching pad, Lord, out of a valley, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for for being a part of this tonight. Uh, I really feel the presence of God, you know, and I, I think that, I think God's, you know, trying to help help us and, and help uh, help other young people. So, you know, we're, it's going to help somebody. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. Well, hey, um, let's... Maybe in the next couple of weeks, I'll send out a, an email and we can start looking at some dates for, for next month. Sounds um, good. Okay. I thought, hey, Jacob, I thought that was, uh, that was perfect. That was a great uh, lesson. Well, thank you.